Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it, you know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't that. know you were a but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now, 267-22-Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff, it's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. It always helps if you turn the microphone on and the sound down. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar experience each and every Sunday here on Radio Xenu. Special edition today. We are taping this program because it's Mother's Day and I couldn't get Angel J or uh, Derek Scape to come in because they're uh, out with the mothers and that's fine because I'm probably out with my mother too. It is Mother's Day. It is a world-famous Chicky Jaguar radio broadcast, coast-to-coast, border-to-border. All over the place, RadioZenu.com. And, of course, the fantastic Radio Zenu, which is up for an award, by the way. We will be having uh, somebody on in the next couple weeks to talk about this. Very prestigious award. Please leave your message for four zero seven three three five one one two four. Well, I guess he's not there. Hey, Kyle, it's uh, James Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar from uh, RadioZenu.com calling you for your radio interview. Uh, give me a call back, I guess. 620-402-0878. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day, my friend. Okay, well, he's not there. So... <laughs> I guess we will um I'm not sure what we're gonna do. This show is off to a bang up start. <laughs> it is off. We are off to the races, kids. Oh my god, here we go. Well, in lieu of Kyle Denmead and uh him being here, I love being here. I love being here. Who is this? Oh, it's Derek Scave. Derek Scave called me and left a voicemail earlier. Well, we won't get into that here. Nor will we get into it there. Nor will I get it into everywhere that I go. 
Check out the app. It's CheekyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay. Exclusive news and programming information also are fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic, as they say. So we are going to play some Kyle Denmead, or we're going to attempt to play it. We've got them coming back here on RadioZeno.com. Words I don't trust it Girl I caught you, you busted Gotta keep it in perspective Lost cause I said Girl you wasting my time Time Took it all and you chucked it But what you trying to say to me uh? Now you're pulling your hair out Trying to keep me in touch Cause you see me with someone And now you're missing my love After all of that time To be alone was enough After all of that time To be alone was enough when all the pages turn, all them little bridges burn Don't expect me to come back for ya And when all them tables turn, all them little lessons learn Don't expect me to come back, no, 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 no I don't want ya, I don't need ya And you know that, and it kills ya I don't want ya, I don't need ya And you know that All you did was be Get out, just block it out or get calm Blacking out, it ain't healthy I guess anything to get numb I'm just playing it dumb You say that ain't fair But I don't care, no If anything you got Another thing I know You got some secrets you got Hidden agendas too Oh girl, I think you're lost I think you ought to know Them skeletons will talk Know who they talking to And when them pages turn All them bridges burn Don't expect me to come And when all them tables turn, all them little lessons learn Don't expect me to come back, no, 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 no I don't want ya, I don't need ya And you know that, and it kills ya I don't want ya, I don't need ya And you know that All you did was feed me His latest lies, and it is on the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar experience, coast-to-coast, border-to-border. We are going to try to connect. We just heard from Kyle. We're going to try to connect with him again and get him on the horn and see what's going on. 
There, I believe, is Kyle Denmead. How are you, Kyle? Hey, brother. How's it going? Pretty good, actually. Now, we just heard your song, Lies. Tell me a little bit about this track, man. It's it, it, it's a hell of a deal. I know that when we, uh, we, we, we played it on our program a couple weeks ago, people just loved your production. People loved your voice. T- t- tell us a little bit about the, the song itself, man. Well, Lies is, is going to be the first installment on my new upcoming project called Bad Love. Um, just kind of uh, a way to show people, um, you know, the sound that they can expect and everything. Um, a lot of my earlier stuff is a little bit more down-tempo, and I've decided to go a little bit more up-tempo with this project. Well, it's a hell of a deal. You you have put together a, uh, a pretty cool mix of music here. Um, tell me a little bit about the writing process and working with the track and getting everything uh, good to go here. Sure. Um, yeah, so the, as far as the production goes, um, it's all in-house. It's just me and, and my, uh, my brother, JP. Uh, we have a production team called The Avengers. Um, so we actually made that ourselves. Um, we really oh. were trying to go with something synth-driven. Um, and as far as the writing process, man, like I, I always feel the need to talk about something that people can connect with, no matter um, what kind of vibe the track is. I feel lyrically... It needs to connect with somebody on, you know, on some level. I can't just talk about, um, you know, random stuff, you know, like a lot of people are doing right now, just talking about material things. Um, so I feel, thought they need to talk about something more deep on it. It's Kyle Denmead. He's with us today here on Radio Zenu, RadioZenu.com, and uh, talking about his music. And uh, so social media, how, how has that gone for you? Uh, do, do you have a big following over there? Or are you using it to uh, network? Uh, what are you doing with social media? For sure. Uh, yeah, my Instagram's, uh, you know, Instagram's probably my biggest platform. Um, it's my favorite platform, for sure. Um, it's, it's going pretty well. Uh, since I dropped my last project, it's tripled in following. So, I mean, that's good. Um, Snapchat, is, you know, I got a decent following on Snapchat, but I kind of use that more for comedy reasons, and I feel like I can connect with people that way as well. Um, other than that, you know, I have, you know, I have the Twitter and I have, I have the Facebook. Everything is, uh, you know, the same name. It's at Kyle Denmead, just as you know, said. And um, yeah, so I, I like to use my social media. Um, that's how I connect with with a lot of people. I, I, I try to connect with as many people as I can. Um, whoever DMs me, I make sure I DM them right back. Um, as, as you know, the same as uh, as comments and and whatnot, and yeah, it's Kyle Denmead. He's with us today here on RadioZenu.com. And uh, Kyle, if people want to get a hold of you or get a hold of your music, how do they do that exactly? <clears throat> they can search up my name, K Y L E D E N M E A D. It's on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, pretty much any platform you guys think of. Um, and, and as far as the uh, social media, it's the same spelling on that as well. Awesome stuff. It's Kyle Denmead. He's with us today here on the big broadcast, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, tune-in, iTunes, uh, Radio Loyalty, and, of course, the fantastic Radio Zenu, RadioZenu.com. And uh, uh, we, we, we had a little bit of fun with you a couple weeks ago. I know that uh, <laughs> that, uh, that that is always scary being the first person on a new segment 
but I'll tell you, we get we get emails constantly from people where they're like, "I'm the greatest thing in the world. Check this out." Blah blah blah. <laughs> and and your press people, to their credit, they put you over big time, brother. And so we were we were expecting, oh my God, here we go. It's going to be some guy who's going to sound like he's rapping from his bathroom or something. And then all of a sudden, this song comes on. And our guys in studio were like, where the hell did he get this production? Where the hell did he, where the hell did he come up with that voice? Um, t- t- tell me a little bit about getting started in the music business. That, 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 that's a hell of a deal. Man, first of all, I, yeah, I just want to say you guys really creeped me out that first time. Because, all right, so I got I got a tweet from you saying, "Hey, man, we loved your music." Yeah, that we just we just heard over there, and and mind you, it was the day before the song even came out. So right away, yeah. I was like, "Wait a second. I, I was like, "How do they get a hold of it?" First of all, and then uh, and then second of all, you, you know, after seeing that tweet, then I see the video, and then it, I totally felt like you guys were just about to clown on me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> After you had just told me you liked it, so I was like, "Oh man, I'm being messed with so bad." And then I'm, I'm glad that once you guys uh, listened to the entire track, you guys, you know, were able to talk more on it and stuff like that. That was really cool, cool segment. It was it was definitely something else. You 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 have you have really put the time in. Uh, what, what's been some of the different, uh, I guess, hurdles and obstacles that you've had to overcome uh, doing music because. Uh, uh, you could tell that you've had to overcome s- some things, but uh, because n- no nobody starts doing music the, the way you're doing it, and and they're great out of the gate. Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've been doing it for quite some time. Uh, you know, I've been doing it for about you know a little over ten years. Uh, I was mainly just producing uh, and, and bringing up artists. You know, development. Um, I was signed to Cash Money Records for a little while for production as well. Wow. Um, yeah, and I was doing a lot of uh, uh, hooks and writing and stuff like that. Um, sorry, I just got a call coming. Um, no so I was doing a lot, a lot of production, a lot of calls, or a lot, of, a lot of writing. Um, and you know, after just working with several different artists and and uh, seeing what how everything works. Um, I decided to put a little bit more time in on, on my end, you know, and, you know, a lot of people in the, in the business were really, um, they wanted me on more tracks and wanted me to do more writing and, and showcase myself a little bit more. So I just kind of took that into consideration, took their advice and say, you know what, I'm going to just, you know, try it out, see what happens and took it from there. Well, you definitely have, uh, have, have, have put together some really, really cool music. You definitely got, uh, Got some things going on here that this that this is this is just fantastic. Now, um, what else do you have out there? I know that you're uh, you're you're working on all sorts of things. What what else do you have have going down? Um, I, I'm really just trying. To, I'm trying to close out this project. Um, I, I want to have ten tracks. I have eight done right now, so just two more. Um, in my previous work that I had out, uh, I had a project called Therapy. Um, that's already out on iTunes and Spotify and whatnot. Um, and I'm also trying to, uh, getting into a little bit of acting as well. Um, that's awesome. I, yeah, yeah. So, uh, a lot, lot of drama type stuff and as well as comedy. Um, most people on my Snapchat know me for comedy. So I just really wanted to focus on that as well. Cause I just found it as another way to connect with people. And I, I feel like that's the most rewarding thing. Um, is be able to connect with people on a personal level and relate to them. So I wanted to take that to the next level. 
Well, uh, Kyle, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the broadcast. And uh, looking forward to more of your music, my friend. Before we let you go, how do we find you online and, and pick up the music that you've got out there right now? Sure. Uh, it's uh, at Kyle Denmead, K-Y-L-E-D-E-N-M-E-A-D, on all social platforms. That's Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Snapchat. Uh, if you want to find my music, you can search my name, Kyle Denmead, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, pretty much any platform. Um, and, yeah, you should be able to find it. Good stuff. Well, thank you, sir, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. I I appreciate you too, my friend. Definitely. Have a good one, man. That was Kyle Denmead, the fantastic Kyle Denmead. We are going to take a brief time out. Some Anthony Gomes coming up. Whiskey Train here on Radio Xeno.
It is the big broadcast, Radio Xenu. Coast to coast, border to border, it's TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and of course, RadioZenu.com. Jiggy Jag with you. It is Sunday. It is Mother's Day Sunday. And of course, uh, the crew is not here. We are doing this show essentially uh, just doing the show to do a show for Radio Xenu. Check out RadioZenu.com for more information. Each and every week we come to you 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 PM Mountain Standard. Live as live can get. And uh, it is 20 minutes after the hour. What it looks like to be 20 minutes after the hour. It will be... uh, It's it's fabulous, 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 fabulous stuff. Whatever that means. I don't know what that means exactly. But it's fabulous. And we try to get it in each and every week with our big program here. Uh, lots of things happening. Lots of things happening, as they say. Uh, one of the things that is happening. <laughs> Brett Harris. The great Brett Harris is back on the radio in Salina, Kansas. Or not Salina. My God. Wouldn't that? No, 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 no. Back on the air in. Wichita, Kansas, the big star, star stage and screen, Brett Harris. He is, um, he's doing it. He's doing it big out there. And I just don't understand why he doesn't just go away. There's no reason for him to be hanging around still. He should have went away a long time ago. But... He's still here. So still here, still doing it, still making it happen. However, now he's paying to get on the air. <laughs> he's paying to get on the air. And what what do I mean by he's paying to get on the air? Well, he's on the air at KNSS Radio in Wichita, Kansas. And like I said, I, 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 I don't have a problem with Brett, you know, doing his thing. Uh, when was this? He was he was on the air in in Wichita. He doing the Brett and Tracy show, his 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 show that he does from you know the deal. And then he was uh set packing when was he sent packing? I believe he was sent packing. Uh, God, when was that? He was sent packing, I believe, sometime in late April. I believe so. Uh, April 20th. Envision was officially purchased. He was officially booted. So they ended up getting the hell out and ended up uh, (laughs) they did a Facebook Live thing. (laughs) Ha 
<laughs> did a Facebook Live thing from his house. Now, everybody makes fun of us and the fact we do a show from our from our studio, but I pretty much have a radio studio built in here. We've got processors. We've got all the stuff. I'm looking at this to see what Brett's got set up here. Uh, Tracy's just doing a Skype call from her house, from her kitchen. It couldn't even be in the same spot? Well, that doesn't shock me being in the same spot. Because I remember when they... uh, I took a tour of B98 FM uh, about 20 years ago when they were over there. Tracy has her own area because they can't stand to be in the same room as each other. They act like they're best friends on the air, but no. (laughs) They are not. (laughs) Far from it. So... That's that, but Brett is back on the air. Him and this Dr. Galicia, he's a a heart doctor, I believe, down in Wichita. Actually, really cool guy. I met him once. Once. I bumped into him at a Joseph and Shelley concert, I think. It was one of these jazz things. I remember meeting the guy one time, because I remember that face. He was drunk, like he is in the picture with Brett. Um, good guy, cardiologist, um, but apparently Intercom and Brett have entered into a sales agreement. Um, Dr. Galicia is paying for Brett to be on the radio. Um, the Galicia Radio Network with longtime friends Jody and Stella Galicia is a absolute blessing his first show on KNSS 98.7-1330 is Saturday morning, 10 a.m., tune us in. That's what he says on the Facebook. So, I I don't know. What's fun about them is they did one show. They did one show on Facebook Live. Before they were just like, eh, we're done with this. <laughs> We're done with this. Ah, we've had it. We're done. So, it's quite the deal. Quite the deal, my friends. Quite the deal. Get a hold of us. Tune in. iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in App Stores. JiggyJaguar.us. We're going to go to the Sci-Fi Museum guy here in a few moments and try to get him on. We're going to be talking to him. Uh, I don't exactly know what his deal is. He had some... He has something called the Sci-Fi Museum. Uh, I, 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 this is a Jaybird Wells thing. Uh, she wanted to book this, so we are booking it. <laughs> so I'm not sure. 
But uh, we are going to pull him up. We're going to play some more Anthony Gomes real quick. We're going to do one more song. If you could rule the world, and when we come back, this is not a song about Sid Vicious for wrestling fans out there who are listening. We got more coming up.
Jiggy Jaguar experience each and every Sunday. If you missed our interview with Kyle Denmead or you came in late or what have you, it's available on our website, JiggyJaguar.com. Great little chat with Kyle Denmead. We are going to go to our next guest here in just a few moments. He is one of the... uh, He's an interesting character. I did some research on this guy, and uh, heck of a heck of a dude. We're going to go to him here in just a few moments. By the way, if you missed, a, as I mentioned, Kyle Denmead's interview, or if you miss any of our interviews, go to our website, jiggycheckwire.com. Jigman Freud Radio. Jigman Freud Radio is on the air. Years and years ago, I should have probably just named this show Jigman Freud Radio instead of the Jiggy Jaguar show. But I didn't. (laughs) But I didn't. So we we have um, we have what we have here. But uh, check out Kyle Denmead's website, kyledenmead.com. It has all the information. His new single is Lies. It is available on Spotify and all the other popular formats. And uh, Kyle was with us earlier. If you missed his interview, you can get that on our website, as I mentioned, jiggyjaguar.com. JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live 24-7. Replay exclusive news and programming information all available on our fantastic, fantastic app. And uh, let's go to our next guest. Mr. Man is on the telephone. By the way, the squashers are coming up a little bit later on. We will talk to the squashes. The squashes. What the hell is a squasher? We'll figure that out here in a few. We will figure that out here in a few. But we're going to go to Hunston Huddleston. Huston Huddleston, I think is how you pronounce his name. I'm going to ask him before we actually do the interview so I don't screw it up. Because I have a I have a problem screwing up people's names on this show. Hey, there he is. How are you, sir? It's uh, James Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar, calling you for your radio interview. How are you, sir? Awesome. I'm good. Thank you. Now, before we get going, how how do I properly pronounce your name? Because I know I'm going to screw it up. Houston, like, like the city. Houston. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um, Houston, you have a, a, a really really cool background. I was. Uh, doing some research on you and talking to a few folks that uh, 
Really wanted you to be on this radio broadcast the last couple of weeks. So um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about. Are your- they ones that I bribed? Cause, you know. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, so, 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 give us a little bit on your background, and, uh, and 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 talk to us a little bit about what you do over there. Well, I uh, was born to musicians, and uh, my father was a songwriter and a singer, and my mom was a singer and an arranger, music arranger. That's awesome. And Dad did uh, songs for a lot of people: Sinatra, Peggy Lee, Doris Day. Um, a bunch bunch of people and mom yeah. did uh, uh, and also movies so he did Midnight Cowboy and Young at Heart and Disney's Aristocats and Robin Hood and he got an Oscar nomination for that um, and mom sang for Apocalypse Now Airplane uh, Rosemary's Baby uh, wow. she arranged for Neil Diamond and Sinatra and a lot of people uh, so I grew up in a musical family, and I became a writer, a, a songwriter as well as a, a script writer uh, for TV and film. Uh, and I was uh, at the right place at the right time. I was in an office, and this guy uh, was doing business with Paramount, and Paramount had just sold all the rights to Star Trek to CBS. And wow. they... <laughs> Uh, there was this whole, people were getting fired, businesses, you know, offices were getting closed, all this stuff that I knew nothing about. And, you know, uh, and then I just said, darn, I'll never get to turn my living room into the bridge of the enterprise now. And the guy said, be careful what you wish for. And he gave me these blueprints and he gave me the address of this warehouse in Long Beach. And it turns out that the entire set from Star Trek Next Generation had been sitting outside for years and years. And they basically said, get this crap off our property <laughs> or it's going to be destroyed. Wow. You know? And so I, you know, I, yeah, of course I'm a Trek fan, but not enough to do, you know, put my, my livelihood in jeopardy. Uh, but, I guess I was, because I did something really crazy and stupid, which was to spend seven grand of my own money to have it shipped to my house. Because, you know, I just figured this is never going to be seen again. This was this cost a million dollars to make this set. Yes. And, you know, it just, uh, this is not, like, the, the difference is the original series is kind of a, it's a big circle, and there's no ceiling, and that's it. Uh, and there's a bunch of lights in the back. This was computerized and had, you know, blinking lights and had the so-and-so and had a huge ceiling and weighed, the ceiling alone weighed about a ton, you know, all the stuff. So anyway, long story short, it got me to create a museum uh, for science fiction because no museum in the world wanted our set. And there was no money to restore the set other than the fans. And I couldn't keep dipping into that well and asking fans to pay for everything. So we created a nonprofit 501c3 foundation. And that's that's how the whole thing began. And that's how I began. 
Wow. <laughs> now, what, I should tell you ask. No, 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 no. I think this is fantastic. Uh, now, when when you when you got over there, when 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 you went over and and started picking all this up, um, what what kind of condition was was some of this in? Because, like you said, it'd been outside for a while and things of that nature. All the things that were uh, made out of wood or fabric were just atrocious shape. They'd been peed on by birds, and they'd been, you know, they were rotted and moldy. And uh, Anything that was made out of wood was just terrible. It was unrepairable. So the original series set that we had, uh, the Captain Kirk Bridge, all the wood flats were just irreplaceable. I mean, they were replaceable. They were irreparable unrepairable uh all the plastic pieces i could just pry right off and that's what we did so we threw out all the flats and just measured them to make sure that when we made new wood and put the plastic pieces on it that they'd be right you know that kind of thing but they were terrible shape they were just the the thing to understand that most fans don't understand uh in the business in hollywood when they're through with something they destroy it typically Yeah. Unless it's something that the producer uh, wants to take home and impress his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you know, but yeah, it's for huge sets like that. It's they can't afford to store them, so they just throw them out. And you know, so that's that's what happens and continues to happen. And I'm in talks with all the studios now that we're creating our own museum to not let this keep happening for iconic pieces and you know we can't save everything but well yeah uh you know there there are huge things that are things that people want to see and are storable that should be stored and saved and you know if we can afford to do it we're going to continue to do it and then open our tour end of this year and put as much of it as possible into that tour it's a traveling exhibit so yeah. Well, the 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 you know, what you're doing uh is is essentially what Vince McMahon does every year with WrestleMania with Access. They've got all this stuff mm. they carry with them. They've got rings, they've got uh r- ring robes, they've they, they've got all these pieces. Uh and I get the impression that he's just storing them in a warehouse somewhere in Connecticut, you know, until they take them out on the road and do this uh do this fan access event. So, you know, what you're doing is is, is fantastic. Now, um, setting up the nonprofit, getting things all put together, uh, what was that like what, once once you got that all put together? Did, did you have people reach out to you? Did you find grants for this? What, 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 how did this all work for you? Well, I've got to go back to... Debbie Reynolds and Forey Ackerman and Bob Burns because okay. those three people, they Debbie collected and saved hundreds and hundreds of props, if not thousands of props from MGM and costumes and stuff. Uh, and she went to L.A. and the Academy and all this and tried to get a museum going and repeatedly got turned down. And the same with Forey J. Ackerman, who's the founder of famous monsters magazine and yeah. the creator of Vamp- vampirella and all this stuff uh and a huge you know horror and sci-fi nut but 
you know, they uh, they were con- continuously turned down, and the same with Bob Burns, who has an incredible collection. And it's just, it's been, it, it, it people told me repeatedly that this would not happen, that I was wasting my time, that our board members were wasting their time, that this and that. But this is a age we're living in. We're living in the age of the nerd, where it's, it's, uh, you don't get beaten up as much to say that you love Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, <laughs> yes, the Marvel yes. films. You know what I mean? Hey, um, even wrestle, you, wrestling I'll, fans, same I'll, thing. I'll, you know, it's, I'll tell you, uh, my, my friend, you, you hit that right on the head because we just got done at a, uh, at an event last weekend called Planet Comic Con out in Kansas City. And uh, hmm. that place was... There was sixty thousand people coming through the door on a daily basis. That Doesn't was, surprise me. Uh, there is, <laughs> there is stuff all over the place. There is, you know, a giant Hulk statue. There are, um, Will Wheaton from Star Trek: Next Generation was there. There's, there, there's, there's. I love him. He is such a nice guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a nice guy he is. There, there is so yeah. much stuff to do and so many people to see, and there are, you know. Uh, replica, you know, Dukes of Hazard cars and, 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 and all sorts of things. Um, you're right. There is big business in this. When did, I guess, when, when did people finally figure this out? What was, was it when the Marvel movies and some of these started making a, a shit ton of money? Or when, when, when did people figure out that, you know, comic book geeks are comic book geeks, but they got a lot of cash to spend? <laughs> From what I heard, well, Star Wars is on a different level. Yeah. Uh, that's just yeah. a phenomenon in and of itself. Yeah. But when Disney took that over, it's becoming to the level of what it should be. I don't think Lucas really knew what to do with it. And I hate to say this, I don't think to a certain degree he cared as much as I don't think he did Disney. either. And that's, and that's the thing, is, is I don't think that he realized that there was some money and there was some stuff in here. And so, yeah, you hit that right on the head, my man. Well, Disney's about the money. There's, they're not doing it for, to, oh, we're such nice people. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> but, you know, what they are doing is they're allowing real artists who understand the franchise and are the best in the business. I mean, they couldn't have picked a better, Lucas couldn't have picked a better person to handle everything than uh, Kathleen Kennedy. My God, what a powerhouse she is. Uh, and now she's getting all the top people. These, this is the Spielberg school of how to do things. I mean, you if you're going to do a blockbuster, you get the top people. So doing what they're doing with the parks and all that, I wish to God they do that with Star Trek. Uh, it just seems to me the people in charge of that are not... Uh, doing what they should be doing. Um, now, I, is, you know, is, is, and, is that is that Paramount or is that somebody else? Yeah, it's the films are Paramount and the TV is uh, CBS. And I, you know, again, uh, who the who who the hell am I to talk? But <laughs> uh, when you look at Star Wars versus Star Trek, just look on a marketing level. Go to a Toys R Us. How much Star Trek do you see? You you might see a couple in a bargain bin. Uh, there were no toys made for the new, the, the latest J.J. Part 3 movie. Not one toy that I saw. Not one figure that I saw. Uh, they were more interested in celebrating the 50th of the original series, which yes. is great. Yes. But on a marketing level, that's 
crap. And then compare it to the Star Wars. Oh my gosh, Star Wars is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you when when uh what what I thought was interesting with the Star Wars deal was 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 the movie, uh the the the, the last new movie uh hadn't even been out yet, and they already had all these action figures and all these things out with uh, Kylo Ren and everybody else, everybody else's visage stamped onto it. And it's like, I've not seen the movie. I don't know anything about these characters. Why should I buy these toys? But people were buying the crap out of these things. So you, yep. you, you are correct. And, and with, with Star Trek, I remember way back in the day when I'm, I've, I've always been a big fan of the Captain Kirk, uh, Spock era of Star Trek. Me too. And Me too. I saw it when I was a little kid. I saw it in reruns, of course. You know? <laughs> and uh, I remember when they had, oh, they, they, they had made, I don't know if it was Star Trek, I don't know if it was the movies, I think it might have been the movies, they had come out with some action figures, and they were like little tiny plastic, you know, and, and the thumbs were always breaking. And all the all the different deals, just like the real actors. That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, that was the most I noticed as far as merchandise for Star Trek. You you, you never saw really anything else. And I know that over the years, you know, going to some of these comic cons and seeing things on the internet. I know I I went to a um oh I went to a panel discussion last year. I think it was at a comic at this at this Planet Comic Con, and they were talking about action figures and that's one of the things that they kept bringing up was that uh, Mego Mego was a biggie. Yeah. Mego from the 70s. Yes. They made everything. They made them with with actual cloth costumes not yes. painted on and yes. they were I think 8 inch, 9 inch figures and they made the the wonderful DC and Marvel figures, the superhero figures, they made Planet of the Apes and they made Star Trek. Yes. And you know, those those are great figures. They still are great figures. Yes, the uh, I, I one of the ones that I remember the most, and it might have been one, one of those one, one of those is the uh, oh the 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 green the green guy from the Star Trek. Yeah, the Gorn. That's it. That's it. I I would see those, and I'd see those online, mm-hmm. or I'd see them in catalogs, and 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 it was like that was. The thing, but I, I've often wondered: do, do the people that are in charge of the whole Star Trek situation do they not have somebody that that realizes how much money they're missing out on, or is it just a case of we're just going to make a TV show and that's all we're going to do? Because I remember uh, a lot of TV shows, like from the seventies and the eighties, that. They didn't have merchandise until the damn show was getting ready to go off the air. I remember Airwolf used to be a huge yeah. deal, and people are like, Jan that. Michael Vincent, Airwolf, all this. And it wasn't until the damn thing was getting ready to go off the air that they released toys. And it's like, yeah. does somebody Well, I mean, that was a different realize? era, too, of course. So, you know, the <laughs> well, 70s and 80s, just, uh, Star Wars got it, but nobody else really got it. Yeah. Um, with CBS... Uh, the best that I can understand, it has to be, the biggest problem is someone owns the rights to the movie, someone owns the rights to the TV show. Yes. <laughs> yes. If one person right. owned the rights to, to both, then, uh, you know, it, it, 
you'd have more control, but now they have to look over their lawyers and figure out, okay, what kind of rights do we own now? What can we do? Can we do something in co- um, com- com- combination with this? And that? No, they can't. Oh, they have to get permission, and now they have to... And it. the biggest problem was last year when it was the 50th of the original show, and they had this new movie coming out, and they had a lawsuit against a fan film. I mean, every just pile of poop in the fan was coming all together, and it just... It should have been a much bigger deal, and this coming year with Star Wars, or this year with Star Wars, I think it's the 30th, right? Yes. Um, yeah. They're doing stuff. They did stuff at Celebration. They're doing more stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a Star Wars stamp coming out. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but, no, it's just uh, Disney knows how to do it. They're doing it with Marvel. They're exploiting well, it and the, see, and in the best possible way. And see, that's that's something that uh, you 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 bring up uh, something that that I've noticed with uh, with with the Marvel and 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 DC stuff is uh, for, one one of the big deals fairly recently was the fact that uh, I guess one I guess some company owns the rights to some of the characters, and then another company owns the rights to some of the other characters. And so you'll never see a Wolverine in an Avengers movie because somebody else owns the rights to the Wolverine for the movies. <laughs> and it's like nobody can ever get together on the same page for this. And I don't... Yeah, well, that's Fox. That would be yeah. Fox owns... No, Fox owns X-Men, and they have rights to Deadpool. And they yes. have rights to uh, the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. But the deal they did with uh, Marvel Studios and Disney is their last Spider-Man did not work. And so they said, all right, we're going to revamp this thing. Will you guys help? We don't want to lose more money. And we don't want to kill a franchise like they did Fantastic Four, which was just, to me, an abomination, this last one. None of them have been good. Yeah. None of them have been what they should be. Because that... Uh, as far as classic Marvel, Silver Age, oh my god, that's, uh, to me, that's wonderful stuff. And they've never captured it right on film. Um, they, so, anyway, that's a different tangent, but <laughs> yes, they, they can do deals. If they, if they feel they're gonna lose money, they will bite the bullet and stop being greedy and say, okay, we want your help on this. We don't wanna screw up another movie and waste you know hundred million dollars or more yes so now we've got a spider-man that i love the raimi movies by the way the raimi films oh yes, uh, yes. with toby mcguire and, and Chris oh, Dunst. the toby the to- toby mcguire ones i won't and, and and i don't know if this is just me being you know an idiot or what it is i won't watch any of the other spider-man movies unless toby mcguire is spider-man <laughs> yeah, and I know. Sam Raimi is a great director. His sense of humor is wonderful. Yeah, uh, Bruce Campbell's in the Spider-Man movie. How much cooler can that be? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Stan Lee too, of course. Yes. But you know, still, yes. it's Bruce Campbell. Uh, <laughs> no, those were the third one's a mess. All right, but other than that, it's uh, that got it, and now this new Spider-Man gets it. He's a kid. He's not. Uh, a complete jerk like the the British guy who played the Spider-Man, the last two that Sony did. Um, I, it's, but anyway, 
the bottom line, deals can be made if people aren't greedy and if they want to not kill a franchise. And, you know, I think the same thing can be done for uh, X-Men, although they had to have two separate versions of Quicksilver. Yes. Uh, but, yes. but but that was not a rights thing as much as a vision thing because uh, Brian Singer had his vision of what Quicksilver was going to be like and uh, I can't remember who did the other the Avengers version um, but yeah uh, but you know it's, deals can be done but it's about power and greed and Thankfully and luckily, Marvel and Disney made some sort of agreement with Fox about that. And I think Spider-Man, Sony, you know what? Yeah, I screwed up on that. <laughs> Sony uh, owns Spider-Man, and they're really good people to deal with. I can uh, verify on that because they've been given a they've given us props and been really That's awesome. cooperative. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. Houston Huddleston is our guest, the Hollywood Science Fiction Museum founder, and uh, he joins us today here on Skype Audio to discuss uh, this as well as many other topics. Now, uh, putting this together, putting this uh, Hollywood Sci-Fi Museum, you mentioned that you've had some folks who have donated uh, different things from, from the studios and things to you. Um what you're, 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 you mentioned also you're having conversations now with studios and things about, hey, don't throw some of this stuff out, you know, donate it, you know, make use of it. Um, what, yeah. what, is, what has been their reaction and, and reception to everything? Well, their first reaction is, uh, yeah, we've heard this before. Uh, Debbie Reynolds tried to do it, you know, all the same old things, um, the, the negatives. But when you tell them, look, we'll take this off your hands, you know, we will. There's, uh, we're not going to sell it. We're not going to exploit it. We're, we'll exploit it in a positive way. Well, yeah. But we're not going to diminish your franchise or diminish your rights to whatever. Uh, we'll work with you guys. It will help you guys. It will this and that. And we haven't opened yet, so we can't fully prove that, but. Uh, when we go to convention and our lines are always full, that says something, you know, because that's the audience that we're going towards. Yeah. So, you know, if if the studio doesn't say, here's a restraining order or screw <laughs> off, kid, you know, um, then they're typically open if there's something available and they just want to make sure that they're not going to get fired, whoever it is. That's that's seems to be the bottom line of whomever I'm dealing with, they don't want to be the only one to make the decision and ultimately get fired. They want to do something that will shine and make them look like heroes and all that. Uh, so, yeah, for the most part, uh, Universal's been amazing. They've given us over $12 million in props. Wow. Um, we've got the bubble ship from Oblivion, the Tom Cruise movie. That thing alone is cost like $8 million to make. Yeah. Uh, we've got the, uh, well, Star Trek, uh, stuff we've got. We're getting replicas from Star Wars because Lucas himself owns pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, we're getting, or we've got, let's see, cars. We've got the DeLorean from Back to the Future. That's the, awesome. Uh, That's awesome. We've got the Batmobile 89, uh, 
we're getting, and then there's a 66 that we've got. And we still don't have the tumbler from the uh, Nolan movies, but I'm yeah. still looking for that. <laughs> well, uh, you, you, you bring up you bring up the Batmobile. Uh, I recently uh, interviewed Jerry the King Lawler from from Memphis Wrestling, and he owns, I guess, uh, what, what, one of the uh, original Batmobiles or something. And he was talking about how he uh, when when he went to buy that. Uh, he he he'd seen it at a sci-fi convention or whatever, and he really 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 wanted to get his hands on it. And the guy that that owned it or that had made it or whatever was like, you know, I'm not looking to get rid of it. And then a couple years later, he was looking to get rid of it. And and Jerry talked about how that's one of his most pre- you know, treasured possessions that he has. So I would assume that you know so, some some of this stuff is is fantastic. I'm. I, have you ever had anybody try to buy this stuff from you at, at conventions? Oh, absolutely, they have. But we're a nonprofit foundation, and these studios and people and companies, uh, you know, we made a deal with them that we wouldn't sell it. Yeah, that yeah. this isn't. We're not doing this for profit. Um, the only thing that we did sell is something that I personally bought with my own money for the foundation, which was the we bought a, a Flintstones car. And wow. it didn't work. It didn't work as far as our audience. The kids liked it, but it was like, oh, this is cool. But, you know, it's not a DeLorean. It's not a Batmobile. Yep. yep so yep. that was a problem. Um, I was going to mention Jerry Lawler. I have known him since I was a kid. Oh, really? Uh, that's pretty awesome. I grew up in Memphis. Oh, yeah. that's, yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah, I'm. I interviewed him at this Planet Comic Con, and then uh, uh, Michael Kingston, who uh, who does the comic book Headlocked, he needed somebody to do a, a moderator for a panel, so they had me moderate this panel. And Jerry was talking about how uh, we had asked him different things about comic books and pop culture, and he brought up the Batmobile, and he brought up meeting Adam West, and just how that was just a, a mark out moment for him. He just loved the fact that he could hang out with Adam West and everything. So, so yeah, he he seems like he's a fan and he seems like he's one of these guys that he's just a cool guy and and you get around he's some... one of the nicest guys ever I, I, yes. I just remember he was he was sweet to me as a kid and you know he's a nice guy as an adult and just yeah i i can't say any bad things about yeah, him he's, he's just a um, nice dude does he still have he had a restaurant and in Memphis. Yeah, so I think he's know? still got the restaurant. He's doing a podcast now. He's got all sorts of things he's doing. So, yeah, yeah what a, he was a humble guy. Just a yes. really, you know, he never let his fame get to him, and I love that about people. So, well, he he was he was talking about how uh, you know he he tried to buy the Batmobile and and how they uh, the the guy wouldn't sell it, and then finally, I, I guess maybe somebody had had got a hold of Jerry at one point and said, hey, you know. The guy who had this Batmobile, he's uh, his dad's having some some health issues, and he's looking to you know looking to make some quick cash. You might want to call him. <laughs> he was like, so Jerry got on the phone, called him, and made a deal and bought the Batmobile. And he was talking about how he does uh, charity events down in Memphis, where you know if 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 you win a win a raffle or whatever, he, you know Jerry will take you out in a ride on 
with the Batmobile. <laughs> and so he was yeah, just talking about how it's, it's just the coolest thing. And, and you could tell that, he, you know, even though he's had, you know, this stellar wrestling career and, and, and he's a big deal, he hasn't let, like you said, let the fame get to his head. So I thought that was really cool. He, uh, heck, heck of a guy. Oh, yeah, lovely person. Really nice, nice person. Um, I've only met a couple of wrestlers that I actually knew who they were. Uh, he was one, and the late Roddy Piper. And yes. both, yes. you know, just really sweet guys who love their fans. And that's that's great. Now, now with this... Uh with, with with this deck of the enterprise that you have here, <laughs> I've, been looking, yeah. I've been looking at the photos of this. This, this is fantastic. Um, what what did it take as far as man hours to put this thing back together? Uh, well, I mean to to actually physically build it or to raise the money to you know I mean, no to, 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 to you, you, you I, once you've got the money putting it back together yeah. because I I'm sure that was a a, a Huge, huge debacle. Well, I mean, oh, well, the thing is, for the next generation set, uh, we only have the center section built because we still need another $200,000 that we're using from the investors for the tour to fund that that set. Yeah. Uh, we only raised about... 67000 through Kickstarter, and then, uh, you know, half of that went to the expenses that I'd already paid for to buy those extra chairs and all that stuff. So, and the seven grand that I paid to, you know, get the, uh, uh, to ship it to me in two giant moving trucks. So, um, yeah, the picture that you see, uh, is the finished bridge, which we won't be premiering till, uh, end of this year. Yeah. But, uh, Time-wise, it'll take about two months. That's not um, Yeah, it's, you know, three just to refine stuff, but these are pros. These are not... It started out as a bunch of fans doing it, and it just didn't work out well that way. It just, uh, you're going to get better results and faster results by pros doing yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, that's the bottom line. So, you know, the, the real bottom line is I'm staying the hell out of the way when those guys start working because those are <laughs> those are construction guys. Yeah, you know, those are the mill guys. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I don't pretend to know things that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> when we give them the blueprints, we tell them the de- the details. We go over with it with them with our board of, board of directors who help build the show. They designed literally designed the show. So, um, yeah, that's once we get all that together, we, they do their thing. They come to us uh, if they have questions or whatever. And bottom line is it's all put together, and people can step into the enterprise, and it's the most amazing thing in the world. I I did it in Vegas when it before they closed that exhibit, yeah. and it's immersive. It's just you're on a spaceship. There's no other way to describe it. There's your your brain plays a trick on you that oh my god I'm actually on a spaceship in space. No matter how jaded of a jerk you are, you, you step aboard that Enterprise and you turn into a five year old. <laughs> hey, I think it's awesome. You know the 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 other thing that reminds me uh, of of your of your journey and everything that you've done is it reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where, where Kramer bought the, found the uh, the old Merv Griffin set. And oh, the Merv Griffin set was that it? Yeah. <laughs> 
that. I'm just like, uh, just the way that you described it earlier, where you're like, they called me and they said, hey, you know, come get this crap out of here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, the only thing with you is that you, you, you started a non-profit. You put this together. You've put this to use. He was just doing fake talk shows in his living room. So <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that, that's a cute episode. Yeah, uh, I just knew that, A, I couldn't afford to do it all by myself, and yeah. B, What's the point of doing something like that if it's just for your friends? Well, that too. That's kind of, you know, like, that's self-serving and arrogant. If you can't find a venue to open it up to thousands and thousands of people who can enjoy it. And so that's, I'm most proud of that, that that fact. Because I've had people who, we've traveled it to to Texas, to uh, Louisiana, to gosh, a whole bunch of states, and you get little kids come up to it who may not even know what Star Trek is, but they're sitting on the, the captain, in the captain's chair, and it just means so much to them. And it's, God, that doesn't just, you know, break your heart. You know what I mean? It's just, oh, yeah. It's something yeah. so special. It, yeah. It, 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 is, it is a heck of a deal. Now, uh, before we let you go, how do people... Get in touch with you online if they want to donate to the to the organization. How, how, how do they do all these things? You can go to our website, which is HollywoodSciFi.org. HollywoodSciFi.org. Um, we're also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. And we also have a horror museum that we're starting. Oh, really? And That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, the Hollywood Horror Museum. And that one has... Every huge name in horror, uh, uh, as board of directors, we've got John Carpenter and Clive Barker and Joe Dante and Holy Greg Nicotero, uh, who's the producer and director of Walking Dead. And that, that one's crazy. <laughs> that one, um, I love both museums, but, uh, you know, that one, we don't have the restrictions that NASA gave us for the sci-fi museum yes. so we can put alien in there and we can have a chest burster and a face hugger <laughs> that's awesome that's really awesome that was hollywoodhorror.org so yeah, depending on what you like what your tastes are you know we, we've got you've got much it covered you've got it well yeah. that's awesome well <laughs> this has definitely been a, a very interesting conversation i want to have you back my friend uh in that next couple months maybe after the summer's over with because i'm sure you're going to be terribly busy over the summer with everything but uh well, we're opening so thank god you yes. know we're opening both <laughs> tours and we'll be traveling around the u.s and world with these things so wherever you are Pretty much within a few hundred miles, there we will be there That's you know, for awesome. you to visit. That's awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. This has definitely been fun. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you. Take care. Definitely, man. Have a good day. That, of course, Houston Huddleston here on our big broadcast. We are going to go to our uh, next guest here in just a second. In fact, we are going to do this. We are going to take a quick 60-second timeout and uh, do the car care for the clueless minute. And uh, when we get back, we've got more coming up. This is your car care advocate, ASC Automotive Professional, Pam Oaks. And it's time to take a 60-second break and make you a savvy car consumer. New administration, a new push for auto manufacturers asking Washington officials to drop back the 2024 standard of 54.5 miles per gallon. 
the boosted corporate average fuel economy standard is expected to cost more than a million factory jobs due to consumer choice not to pay extra for higher mileage technology. Instead, choosing to keep older, more reasonably priced car or truck. Lesson learned. Want to learn more about your vehicle? Visit CarCareAdvocate.com, making you a savvy car consumer. to the Jiggy Jaguar Show on the network. Well, well, well. We're going to go to our next guest here in just a few seconds. We'll call him on Skype. Get our guests in here. We're a little late, but we got them. Colonel Singer. Hey, Colonel. How are you? It's uh, James Lowe with KJAG Radio. Sorry about calling you a little late. We had a guest. We uh, couldn't get off the phone, but we've got we, we've got you now. How are you? Hey, James. Yes, yes. Can you hear me, my friend? Yeah, you broke up there, buddy. You not, broke up not, there. Not, for a not a problem. It's 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 probably just Skype audio. It's it's not a big deal. But we've got you back, my friend. How are you? Uh, very good, very good. How are you guys? Uh, pretty good, actually. Now, uh, there there is a lot going on in in your guys's world. First of all, uh, the last time we were we were scheduled to have you guys on, you were getting ready to go to a go to a top level meeting, and I apologize for uh, <laughs> for bothering you guys that day because I'm sure what you were doing was a lot more important than talking to me on the radio. Um, no, look, uh, listen, uh, it's the viewers and the listeners that have really given us the uh, voice and the power base for us to be able to even be in these type of meetings. So, uh, And I apologize because we couldn't tell you guys until we got to the meeting and left that, uh, you know, that we were going to have that meeting. we got other schedule now actually working on uh, going back again. So everything seems to be heading in the right direction. We'll see what happens in, That's the, awesome. in the long run. That's awesome. Well, uh, let, let, let's start with our first topic here. Tell me a little bit about the fight to liberate Mosul. Uh, the, 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 there is a lot there and uh, a lot to a lot to talk about. Give me your thoughts on all this. You know, Mosul was going to be liberated. I think everybody knew that, to include ISIS. ISIS, as soon as they uh, uh, took over Mosul, they cleared it. They 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 were starting to dig in. They figured that U.S. and the coalition would attack in order to be able to take back the major city. Uh, I think to their surprise, uh, under the previous administration, nothing was done. Um, and currently, we really haven't committed, even under the current administration, the type of force that you would uh, think that we would like to commit in order to be able to you know, clear those type of uh, areas. But the reality is that ISIS was going to die. It's just that the, the concept that created ISIS, the philosophy that created ISIS, that will never die. Uh, so you have to have enduring partners on the ground who understand that, and you have to link into them and support them so you can actually be able to, um, you know, have a footprint on the throat of this uh, dark menace that is trying to engulf the entire world. We've got uh, two great guests with us today joining us live here on our big broadcast, and uh, we're, we're, we're talking today about uh, the Middle East and, and talking about some of the different things uh, going on over there. Um Iraq it basically is in three pieces. We've got Sunni, Shia, and and Sunni uh, Kurd. Uh, 
kind of give us your thoughts on this. Why is religious minorities and and kind of kind of give us your thoughts on uh, must be part of this federalized Iraq? There, there's an autonomous region under uh, uh, all sorts of different controls. Just kind of break this down for me because there's a lot there that uh, a, a lot of folks that are listening to the program they know a little bit about it, but they don't know all of it. Um, you know, Iraq's not broken into three uh, regions. We break it into three regions in our discussions. Um, Iraq, uh, we, you know, uh, when, I, when I was in Iraq and we were fighting in Iraq, I'll give you an example. Um, the way that the U.S. looked at the border of Iraq and Iran, um, it looks at a map and says, well, this is where the border is. And if you were in Iraq as a U.S. soldier uh, between um, the uh, uh, 06 and 07, there's areas where your computer system would say that you're in Iraq, but you're actually in Iran, and areas where they would say that you're in Iran, but you're actually in Iraq. Now, Iranians and Iraqis who were border security on the ground knew that <laughs> because, uh, you know, they fought a war and the border shifted. But on our maps, we never shifted it. So from our perspectives, you know, it makes it easy for us to draw a map and say, well, this is what Iraq is, this is what Syria is. But if you go internally, you can see that, really, are those countries existing? Are they governments that are actually operating? Is it a tribal system that is running the uh, running the show? So um, we try to simplify things for ourselves in America. So we say Iraq's split into three. Iraq has a deep fabric. It has Sunni Muslim Kurds. It has Shia Arabs. It has Sunni Arabs. It has very different tribal groups. It has Assyrians. It has a Shabak. It has a Yazidis. It has a Turkmen. It has very different other groups uh, that I haven't even mentioned yet. Uh, and and the and this process, uh, I think, if you link down at the lowest levels of this fabric, uh, the way you use your systems, whether it be the priority reconstruction teams that we sent uh, downrange to, uh, you know, represent the State Department, or and you have uh, you know special operation forces that are operating on the ground with the various different local tribal groups, if you can link in and give these minorities a voice and you could do conflict resolution at the lowest levels, it makes the commander's jobs easier at the higher levels and actually allows the State Department and the Department of Defense to give better guidance for the local leadership to be able to understand what governance means from a Western perspective, not from the fact that you have generations of people born under Saddam Hussein and the only thing they know is that they have to operate just like he did in order for themselves to have a footprint and a say in the uh, in the local government. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, and we're we're talking about the Middle East today and uh, the Assyrian uh, Christian Army, basically uh, founded in August of 2014. Uh, these guys massively retreated, abandoned weapons that the Assyrians basically took up fight against the Islamic State. They've evacuated civilians on uh, on on different planes. Uh, kind of give us your thoughts on this whole thing because they're they're doing all sorts of things over there. Uh, Good and negative. Well, the Assyrian um, uh, the, the, hello. Yes, I've still got you, my friend. I'm still sorry. I'm you. sorry. Don't worry. I, I lost you there for a second. I apologize. Not a problem. Uh, uh, we do have thunderstorms in the local area. Hey, so that not, might be a, not an the, issue. Uh, not an issue. Our issues. Uh, okay, the Assyrian army uh, was a result of uh, a, a group of. Uh, leaders on the ground realizing that the Sunni Muslim Kurds who were 
put in charge of securing the future uh, and administering the areas that the certain Christians lived in in northern Iraq uh, abandoned the battlefield. They abandoned the battlefield because when ISIS attacked, they were told to drop back to uh, where the majority Kurdish population is living. So they dropped back to their capital area of back of Erbil. In doing so, they just left all the minorities, the Yazidis, the Syrian Christians, uh, and every other um, Christian minority group or other minority groups abandoned uh, because uh, they didn't want to face ISIS. The Shia uh, loaded up on two C-130s out of Mosul in the middle of the night and flew back to Baghdad. Um, imagine if a, um, um, army general abandoned San Francisco or abandoned New York or Chicago in order to fly back to another location and left the inhabitants, uh, to be slaughtered by a, uh, army that, uh, did not care about taking prisoners. Um, because of that, what ended up happening is as a certain Christians were being basically, uh, uh, pushed uh, on the roads and uh, were attacked by ISIS, a hand group of folks uh, got together, went down into the battlefield, and actually as the uh, Sunni Muslim Kurds were escaping the battlefield, they went opposite of them and attacked into the enemy. And as the Shia were flying back, they again attacked into the enemy's uh, areas. So by that, they established a former line of troops. The reason we have had a former line of troops, which it both protected the uh, Sunni Muslim Kurds in northern Iraq and also protected the flanks and of the uh, Iraqi uh, main or the Iraqi main military in the south was the fact that uh, the Assyrian Christians formulated on the battlefield, grabbed what they had, and held the line. Uh, with the U.S. coming in and conducting airstrikes, it gave us an opportunity to hold that line for uh, a couple of years. When the Assyrian never plane clearing operations prior to the Mosul clearing operations began, what ended up happening is that uh, uh, we could have gone and conducted those operations, but because of how the Department of Defense and the previous administration and the Department of State were operating, again, the same people who had abandoned battlefield came back into those battlefields and destroyed all the towns that were not destroyed. So ISIS destroyed Christian homes, uh, villages, and the Iraqi army and the uh, Kurdish Peshmerga came back and destroyed more of those towns and villages. At the end, uh, as of today, we have 100% of the towns of the Christians and the Yazidis looted, uh, uh, 65% to 64% structurally destroyed, uh, and then uh, almost uh, uh, close to 75%, depending on the areas you are, some places 95%, other places 45% burn inside and out. So today, now, we have... Uh, a um, capability that is on the ground, and we have a Syrian uh, army that has been operating in those in that area to include other militias that are Christian and Yazidis who are receiving their functional budget 150 money directly from the uh, Kurdish uh, authorities and from the Iraqi government. And our hope is that going into future, we are able to take that same money that is allocated by the State Department uh, in order to be able to support the law, a certain army larger footprint to be able to take these uh, minority militias and put them in a joint operational force capability to secure their homeland. Well, I'll tell you, my friend, you make the complex understandable. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was a uh, that was that was that was 
that was easily explained. I thank you for that. Now, well, um, there, there, there's a lot also going on. There's uh, 5,000 soldiers strong, Assyrian Yazidi, basically fighting force. It's totally feasible. Just give us $5 million, President Trump, so we can show that we can do. What, why, why is there a 5,000 soldier strong uh, fighting force there? Kind of break this down for us. And how that works. Uh, with the president. Well, that fighting force is actually much more capable, it's a larger force. You know, we're looking right now possibly from the U.S. side to introducing forces into Syria again. And the reason we're probably going to introduce those forces uh, uh, sometime either during this trip that uh, President Trump is taking, uh, where he's going to Saudi Arabia and he's going to the various different, uh, you know, um, so called uh, partners that we have on the ground to speak with him is because we know that we have to do something in Syria. Otherwise, in the long run, Russia wins. Russia replaces Assad, and uh, in that process, Russia controls Syria. Um, so for the United States to be able to do something, they would have to have uh, basic uh, basing capabilities that are going to be able to help U.S. requirements. Now, the only places you're going to be able to see those type of basings would be either... Uh, uh, in the Sinjar area, which allows you to be able to do these type of uh, operational supports, um, both in Syria and Iraq, to secure those uh, same nodes that both ISIS was fighting over, that Russia has tried to fight over, Syrian government has tried to fight over, the Iraqi and Kurdish Kashmir tried to fight over, and at the same time to be able to, uh, uh, you know, bring at least a stability to the region so you can start the process of developing the region and being able to bring the refugees back. So you're looking at the Sinjar area and also the Assyrian plain as being the two main key areas that a uh, capable uh, basing or force structure that would allow us to do that. And with that said, as I said, if you are going to be involved in Iraq in the longer run in the future and you want to be able to give a voice to these minorities that have gone through a genocide, then what you need to do, you need to do it at the lowest levels. The lowest levels, again, do it in the historical lands of where the Yazidis are, in the Mount Sinjari, and the historical lands of where the Assyrian Christians are, which is Assyrian in the plain uh, east side of Mosul. That's the reason why, if you are going to be able to help bring a functional piece to the region, then you have enough capability of personnel there. You probably could combine forces and have a 10,000-man force. And that 10,000-man force can be a very effective force, a partner, enduring partner for the U.S. in the long run. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. And uh, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, uh, is there any uh, websites or anything we can direct people to so they can get more information on, on what you guys are, are doing over there and, and, and everything? Uh, you could go to the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. Again, that's the Near East Center for strategic engagement, take a look at what we have laid out, which uh, helps you understand the region better uh, to include what's going to happen with Turkey uh, in the long run, what may happen even in uh, uh, southern Iraq. You know, you may even look at Basra in the future. That might be almost like what is Mosul today. So there's a lot of internal conflicts, um, what may happen in Syria. And, and then at the same time, the biggest help for us, the biggest help for us, is that we created the uh, United Assyrian Appeal, and that is uh, unitedassyrianappeal.org, in order for us to be able to uh, support the military families of the Assyrian Christians 
who are fighting uh, in Iraq and Syria against uh, the forces who are trying to eradicate them. Uh, and that is a 501c3, and any type of a donation and help helps us until uh, we can finally get uh, the support that is needed uh, from the United States systems in order to be able to sustain these type of uh, capabilities or enduring partners to us. Well, good stuff, my friend. Thanks for being on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for your service. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. We are going to take a break here on our big broadcast, and uh, we'll play some Anthony Gomes. And when we come back, we are going to go to the squashes.
Back here on our world-famous Chiggy Jaguar radio broadcast, coast-to-coast, border-to-border on the tune-in. iTunes, Radio Loyalty, RadioZenu.com today. we got a lot of things going on today. We're going to call the Squashers here in a few moments. They are going to be live with us. Uh, they are going to be part of a big show in McPherson, Kansas, uh, very soon. In fact, this Sunday. If you're listening to us on the Sunday radio show, you already know that this show's already happened. <laughs> However, if you're listening to us live um, on the stream at JiggyJaguar.com, thank you. And uh, get your tickets for the Squashers. We are going to get a hold of them here in just a few moments and uh, see what we can do and get this going. These guys are uh, John Henry is going to be who we're going to be speaking with here in just a few moments. The great John Henry. And like I said, tickets are available right now if you're listening to us live. The Squashers are going to be May 13th, 7.30 in McPherson, Kansas at McPherson Opera House. And we're going to go to the telephones. We're going to go Skype audio, actually, and see if we can get John Henry on the line. General admission, by the way, $7 advance. Hello. I think this is John. Hello. How are you, sir? Yes. Well, I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good, actually. I was just running down the uh, ticket information for everybody. General admission is $7 advance tickets, $10 day of show, and uh, the price also includes a preservation fee for the McPherson Opera House, the beautiful downtown McPherson yeah. Opera House. Uh, John, how are you on this fabulous, fabulous afternoon? I'm doing great. There's about as great a weather as we could have down here in Fayetteville, so I'm <laughs> I'm out in the hammock. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Now, uh, you're going to be part of a big show with the Squashers this weekend. Tell me a little bit about uh, the the band itself, how you guys came together, all this all this stuff. Sure. Um, the band came together actually at a music festival it's a winter music festival that they hold in eureka springs uh it's called uh ozark mountain music festival that's awesome and uh it yeah it's great it takes place in the winter and so having it take place in the winter you know instead of having like an outdoor camping kind of fest they uh they have it in a hotel and they'll do like packages with you know they have like a ballroom and it's this old awesome old school hotel in eureka springs and so we were all up at this music festival with uh, either different projects, or I was actually there just hanging out with some buddies of mine that were in some projects and jamming out with them all weekend. And uh, there was a cancellation at a festival that coming summer. And so our friend that put that festival on was like, I really need a band to do this. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to come up with something. And we, in the state of mind that we were in at the time, we're like, oh, we'll do it, you know, and <laughs> we'll get it figured out. We'll, we're, awesome. Like, we got this. Sure, surely That's we can awesome. put a band together. And uh, that turned into a long-term thing. <laughs> wow. That was pretty much how it, how the whole thing started was just by a, a late night, probably, like, not too great of an idea, you know, but it turned into something pretty fun and special for us all, so. Wow, fantastic. It is the uh, fantastic John Henry with us today here on our big broadcast. And uh, uh, John, uh, putting this band together and you guys going out on the road, what's been the reception to the band? Uh, Because I know that you guys are getting rave reviews all over the place. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we, um, we try to push out as far as we can and break into as many new regions as possible. Um, we have, uh, some tours coming up, uh, in August, we're going to Colorado, uh, 
um, November looks like we're going to be heading east out to Kentucky um, and Louisiana. Uh, and so we, we're getting, right now, we're kind of trying to push out of the Midwest as much as possible, kind of get east and west of us. Um, instead of just, uh, you know, we go to Kansas City quite a bit, and we go to uh, we go south of us quite a bit, too, and east, um, Memphis, and Little Rock, and we make it out to Oklahoma quite a lot as well. So just as much traveling as we can handle is what we are trying to do right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, uh, playing playing McPherson, Kansas here uh, this weekend, uh, is it one or two of your uh, band members are uh, are? I'm okay? sorry, what was that? Uh, what, what, one or two band members are from McPherson, correct? Yeah, I am actually. Um, me, I play guitar, and our drummer, Brennan Johnson. Uh, we grew up in McPherson, and, uh, you know, I lived there for, I guess, I mean, my, my whole life growing up till I was 17, I actually, uh, kind of got the traveling bug and needed to start seeing the world. But, uh, yeah, we grew up there and, and, uh, we're born and raised pretty much. Now, when, uh, when you were when you were living there in Mac, did did they have the uh, the the uh, had they started the construction on the Opera House? Because I remember when I was growing up in McPherson, yeah, they 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 were trying to figure out a way to tear that thing down. <laughs> yeah, 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 they were. Well, that that was how the Preservation Society started, I guess. Yes. Um was that yes. they there was a group of people that just thought it was too cool of a place to just tear down, you know, and. Yeah. Um, I know that they were working. I, I looked up a little bit on this because I was interested in it after we booked this gig. I just thought it would be cool to book a gig there. I thought, you know, how fun <laughs> it, it would it's, be. It's a, and, if, you, uh, if you've never been there, it's a hell of a building. They have done a hell of a yeah. job bringing that thing back from, from where it was. Right, yeah. I mean, it just looks incredible. And I remember when they were doing the renovation, or at least had started it. I think I may have moved away before they even finished it. Um, yeah. But I remember when they started it and just being like, man, that'd be such a cool you know, growing up playing music, you don't necessarily think about it, especially in McPherson, where there's not necessarily that many opportunities for us, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, yeah. and is. so it became this thing of like, that was why I had to kind of get out and see things and, and check out the world. But it's really an honor and a pleasure to be going back and playing there, you know, and just like being young and thinking, how cool would it be to do that? And then uh, now actually being able to do that. And it's pretty fun. Well, uh, the, uh, the show is going to be fantastic. Give me a little bit more details on uh, what people can expect this weekend. Yeah, um, man, it's always different, man. We uh, <laughs> we're definitely progressive bluegrass. We play bluegrass, but it's uh, you know we have a drummer, and uh, we like to call it groovegrass because we have definitely like a a sort of funky element to it. Um, we get kind of these really groovy beats uh, on the drums sometimes, and then kind of put this bluegrass licks over it uh so i think people can expect a lot of bobbin weaving <laughs> our uh, and our bass player is a goof man uh he's a good friend of ours patrick calloway plays the bass uh, upright bass and he is a, a showman like no other i mean it's actually it's fun being on stage next to him you know you'll look over like i never know really what i'm going to look over and see when <laughs> like look over and sometimes he's standing sideways on his bass you know and uh, and he's always going to have his overalls on, so you can count on Patrick being wearing overalls. But <laughs> if nothing else, count on Patrick wearing his overalls. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, if people want to check out your guys' music uh, before the show or after the show, how, how do they do that exactly? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, exciting in a, uh, exciting 
twist of fate. Um, we just got back. It's not really a twist of fate. We've been working hard on this and trying to get this album out. Um, but we just finished our uh, finished. Well, we finished recording a while back, but the the album itself is now finally finished. We just got artwork back. We just got back our tracks, uh, and we're ready to order this album. So they won't be ready this weekend. But what we're gonna do is we're very uh, adamant that since you know with the changing of the music industry and with the changing of the way things have moved um, from this uh, very controlled uh, corporate game to this thing that pe- people are going to find your music. You know, they want to, they want your music and they're going to find it. And I, I want to make it as accessible as possible. So uh, we're going to be doing, you know, SoundCloud and Bandcamp and name your price on everything. Cause we just want people to have this music and get it in their ears. That's awesome. So, uh, and our That's website, awesome. we have a website too. Um, same thing on there. I think that we'll probably, you know, just put the link to our either our SoundCloud or our Bandcamp. But name your price. That's what's we're very passionate about the fact that people get this music in their ears, um, so they can yeah check out our website for sure. Uh, Bandcamp, fa- Facebook. I'm sure we'll have our links up there. Um, but we're very active on social media too. So if people want to connect with us, we'd love to be interactive with our fans. Uh, it's actually a fun part of my day, you know. I like to go and check out our social medias and talk to fans and, and say hey. And if they dropped us a message, like send them a message back and say hi, you know, thanks for That's awesome. us up. That's awesome. Now, uh, uh, people have referred to you guys as groove grass. Explain that term yeah. to me. <laughs> uh, that's, man, that's just, I guess that's just bluegrass with a, with a healthy dose of, uh, of fat beats <laughs> is i guess how, how the best way i could say it um That's awesome. a lot of it kind of ends up being rock and rolly kind of a little punky thrashy with the you know brennan's a great drummer and he he can kind of get that really heavy thrashy beat going but sometimes we'll pull that way back and get way more of the string sound to pop out um and i think in that way it's sort of this up and down sort of roller coaster but something that we do that's like one of our favorite things to do is have these really funky breakdowns uh, and so that's where really the groove aspect came. And I can't even remember who said it first. It was, it was one of our friends, one of our, uh, buddies that loves our, you know, he, our friends and our, uh, fan, but, you know, mostly our, a good friend of ours. And I think it, I think it was Matt, our friend Matt that, uh, had coined that, but, you know, kind of just grew from, grew from there. Well, it is, it is a, uh, heck of a deal. You guys put on, uh, a heck of a performance from from what I've heard from folks, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the show on Saturday. I know that we're going to have some folks there uh, covering it for the station and uh, for uh, the Hutch News and some of the other outlets that we provide content for. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Before we let you go, uh, if people want to get a hold of you guys on social media, how do they do that exactly? Yeah, uh, Facebook, you can either check us out on the, the squashers.com. It's like squashers with an R, you know, like you do the wash. You don't do, you don't go, you don't put your clothes in the wash. That's awesome. You put them in the wash. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so check us out at the squashers.com, uh, facebook.com slash the squashers, uh, Instagram also the squashers. Um, and that's, that's pretty much what we're as active as we can be on. And, uh, email too, but mostly, yeah, ch- our social medias, our, our main social medias are Facebook and Instagram. So just type in the Scorchers and I'm, I'm sure you'll, we'll pop up somewhere. That's fantastic. Well, I appreciate you being with us and, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you this weekend. Thank you, man. 
Yeah, absolutely, James. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Well, I'll get you a copy of this. I'll get you a copy of this, and uh, thanks for being on, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we'll look forward to working with you again in the future. Definitely, definitely. Have, have yourself a, a wonderful, wonderful week. Safe trip in, and uh, we'll see you Saturday. Thank you, man. Sounds great. Thank appreciate you. It. Thank you, brother. Great, great artist there on our uh, fantastic Skype line. The old Skype audio, as they say. If you want to get a hold of them online, thesquashers.com. I kept calling them the squashers. I feel like an idiot. They've probably been called the squashers frickin' a million times <laughs> over, their, over their time of being musicians. So... Lost, and I'll never find my way right now here yeah, really. on down. Radio Z. Well, hello, Facebook Live. Hey, we are the Scorchers. Hey, Where are we, Pat? That's, that's what we are. Yeah, We're the Scorchers. Squish, we? squash, scorch on top of Basin Park Hotel. Hey, squashing it down. Squashing By the time we get down, it's only going to be three stories tall. Right? Uh, <laughs> right. All right. Let's talk about music fest. <laughs> uh, one, two, one. Scorchers here on our big broadcast. Lost and I'll never find my way. Check out the Scorchers this weekend at the McPherson Opera House, May 13th, 7.30. And uh, tickets, general admission, $7. Advanced tickets, $10 day of show. Check out the Scorchers. They are live as live can get and looking forward to uh, 
seeing them at the McPherson Opera House in McPherson, Kansas. More information on the way on RadioZenu.com. If you want to go there, check it out. We've got all sorts of things going on over there. And uh, we are going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we are going to do something else. I'm not sure what, but we'll do something else. Uh, here's some Anthony Gobes. War on War. It is the world famous Cheeky Jaguar Experience.
Anthony Gomes, War on War, here on RadioZenu.com. 53 minutes after the hour, thanks for joining us here on our big, 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 big broadcast. And, uh... If you want to get a hold of us on our app, do so. JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live. 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information all available on our fantastic, fantastic app. And uh, good stuff. And uh, and uh, RadioZenu.com. Radio Xenu is also on TuneIn. I don't know. There we go. Trying to do emails, trying to do everything all at once. It's just not working for me today. (laughs) I can't talk and type at the same time. It's just not going to happen. I can't put my thoughts together. It just doesn't happen that way. Get a hold of us each and every day. Cheekychegwire.us, by the way, if you wanna if you wanna find it. I always love getting these bulletins from the radio industry where they talk about various things. I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. I don't know what any of this means. It's a hell of a deal. Get a hold of us, com if you want to say hello to us. And uh, next week, we have got a lot of things coming up. If you want to get a hold of us next week on our big broadcast, RadioZenu.com, we'll be back live with lots of cool stuff, so... That is that. We are going to take... Thanks for joining us here on RadioZenu.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.